0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, it's Joe here. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we've reached the end of season two. This week we're bringing you two episodes that show two different couples that are living and working on opposite sides of the immigration issue. And because the end of the season is a really special thing, we're bringing you two episodes this week. Each of them shows a different couple that's living and working on the opposite sides of the immigration issue. Today, we're talking to Juan and Ashley. Juan is a border patrol agent working mostly on the southern border. But our story actually starts with his wife. On June 21st, 2018, Ashley DeBella was in the hospital with her son, Phoenix. He was still really little, and the doctors just couldn't figure out what was happening but he wasn't thriving and he wasn't gaining weight on his own. Ashley had been watching the news, which was sometimes a trigger for her because her husband Juan is a Border Patrol agent. And if you've watched the news lately, you know that there's a lot of stories about the border and a lot of them aren't very pleasant. That night in the hospital room, Ashley finally decided that she had just had enough. She opened up Facebook and started writing and writing and writing.
1: I needed to vent and... Surprisingly, it went viral. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that at all.
0: That's Ashley. She titled her Facebook post, The Untold Stories of a Border Patrol Wife. It started out with this line People are seeing the horrible stories from media and turning my husband into a monster, a Nazi, a heartless soul. But they've never met him. Where's the media when my husband is saving children and adults daily from dangerous situations and people? My husband's cried at more funerals for fallen friends than anyone should have to. People don't want to see the truth because, let's face it, sometimes it's easier to not know and to feel safe than to see how ugly the truth really is. Here's Ashley now talking about the frustrations that come along with her husband Juan's job.
1: Unfortunately, I think law enforcement sometimes doesn't get seen in the best light and People tend to forget that law enforcement, they are fathers, they are mothers, they are sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and your neighbors. I've had people email me and just say nasty things about my husband and just just mean things. I'm so proud of what he does, but I just, I can't scream it from a rooftop because I'm worried about how people will perceive it.
0: I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. we talk about that moment where Ashley found herself writing about Juan and his work, we should talk about how they got together in the first place. Back in 2011, Ashley was a waitress at a restaurant where Juan was a regular. Juan was into her, and one day he finally got the nerve up to ask her out. Ashley said she'd meet him when she got off her shift at one in the morning. The only thing open at one in the morning is an IHOP, so they went, got some food, and spent the next six hours talking in the IHOP
2: parking lot. That for me was... The beginning of uh, the best thing in my whole world.
0: (laughs) Now, even though Juan had been coming into the restaurant for a while, Ashley didn't know anything about him. So that night, they talked a lot. They talked about their families. They both had kids from other relationships. Ashley had a three-year-old son, and Juan had boys who were two and seven. Juan was also still grieving his mom, who'd recently passed away from cancer. The sun was already up by the time they said goodnight, but they decided to see each other again the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that, and then almost every day for the next few months.
2: And then uh, I told her that uh, I had a European vacation planned. My mom was supposed to go to, but she unfortunately uh, cancer got the best of her, and uh, decided, you know what, I'm gonna go to Europe, but I want her to go with me, and we went to Europe together. <laughs> And uh, we had the the time of our life there and and came back more in love than ever and actually got married pretty (laughs) quick, all in a span of about, what, three months?
1: Three and a half months, yeah. So we did three weeks in Europe. And let me tell you, if you ever question getting married to somebody, spend time backpacking in a different country that you don't speak the language. And that will definitely tell you if you are meant to be with somebody or not.
2: We're spending 24 hours a day together in these little trains and <laughs> sleeping on trains and sleeping wherever you can sleep, really. You know, we really learned how, you know, we had to depend on each other because the communication with other people was non-existent pretty much. So it brought us together, and and I had a feeling that Ashley was the one because I actually brought a, an engagement ring with me, <laughs> uh, and I contemplated... Uh, Asking her if she would marry me, and I'd carried that ring every place in Europe. That this would be the most perfect place to propose, and we went to pretty much all those places. And I had that damn ring in my pocket, <laughs> waiting for the right time. The right time finally came at a Trevi Fountain in Rome, and uh, she said yes. So it was amazing.
1: I went and bought a bunch of like wedding magazines, and was so excited to like plan a wedding and. I think we had like a week left in Europe. And by the time we got back, I was just so over wedding planning. And (laughs) (laughs) we got back on a Saturday night and Monday morning we went to the courthouse. And it's funny because we know that we got married on either September 25th or September 26th. And we can never remember which day it is. I couldn't even tell you the day he proposed I'm sure my Facebook will remind me every year. <laughs> we were just in this love bubble that time just kind of stopped. And it's funny wait, to wait, look wait. back. What do you mean
2: we were? You we mean are, we are. are in love bubble. That's right. We are. <laughs> I still owe her her dream wedding, but... uh
1: He does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she doesn't let me forget that. But regardless, I think a lot could be said from our relationship. Going three months, knowing each other... Getting married to where we are now, stronger than ever, and almost eight years into it. And there's definitely no end in sight with us.
1: He stuck with me.
0: (laughs) By the time they met, Juan had been working as a Border Patrol agent for about 10 years. Growing up, he'd always wanted to be a doctor, but then 9 11 happened.
2: It changed everything. I remember being in Florida, where I was living at the time. And thinking, you know what, I think Border Patrol would be a, a great way to serve. And there was a lot of talk about the creation of a Department of Homeland Security right after 9-11. So I was like, you know, that's going to be something uh, new and I want to be a part of it. So I signed up and became a Border Patrol agent.
0: Juan told Ashley all about his job the first night that they were talking in that IHOP parking lot.
1: Honestly, I had no idea what that even was. Yeah, she had
2: no clue.
1: (laughs) I grew up on the outskirts of Phoenix, so I wasn't super close to the border. And when he told me he was a federal agent, I had no idea what that even was. I think it took me about a year to actually realize what he did, because he didn't really tell me anything when he would get off of work. When he got home from work, he shut it off. I just started asking questions, and when I started asking questions, I realized it's not as safe as I thought it was, and I needed to have my eyes open and not be naive to the dangers that are in the job, and, you know, there's possibilities that he could potentially not come home.
0: Let's take a quick break here. Hey guys, Joe here. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Juan's job is dangerous. It's dangerous in the way that cops have a dangerous job. Border patrol agents are often involved in high-speed chases. In addition to policing the border, they're often pursuing criminals who cross the border— the kinds of people who are smuggling drugs or weapons.
2: There's accidents that can happen. There's a criminal element at any given time. I guarantee you right now there's an agent in the desert by himself attempting to make an arrest of probably 20 or 30 people. So that in itself is very dangerous. I remember when my very, very first arrest that I made as a Border Patrol agent, I was probably a month into the job. And I didn't know anything from anything. You think you know everything, but you don't. And I remember walking in the desert on a trail with another agent. We're walking in the middle of the day, and we run into a lady propped up against a fence post. So we go up to her, and the smuggler had left her behind because she couldn't keep up. And uh, she was dead. She was sitting there against a fence post in hopes of somebody to find her. She was also holding a, a small child who was also uh, dead. So that was one of my very first experiences as a Border Patrol agent. And trust me, it didn't get easier from there. It only got worse. I've seen a lot of rescues, had a lot of great outcomes. And then, unfortunately, I've experienced, you know, death of uh, fellow agents and things like that. It feels good when you can help somebody that look in their eye when they have given up all hope and they see you coming and they light up, you're their hero for that moment. That to me is very, very rewarding.
0: Ashley, what's it like for you? What's what's it like to be married to a border patrol agent?
1: It's very hard. It's
0: very hard.
1: It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. You have to be dedicated to your marriage and you have to be able to work through things Communication is huge because you don't go to glamorous cities when you're with Border Patrol. You don't. You go to border towns, which typically are on the southern border. You know, if you're lucky enough, you can get up to the pretty northern border states, but that takes a long time. So you're stuck in, in southern towns. You're stuck in the middle of nowhere. So it's not exciting. And, you know, most people are not from anywhere near where they're stationed. And so you have families that are far from home, far from family. You are in a small town in the middle of nowhere, or you're in maybe a bigger town, no family, don't really know anybody. And your husband works weird hours. You know, a lot of them work midnights or swing shifts. If you're lucky enough, you're on days. You have to set time aside to have your marriage things. There's been plenty of times where we haven't celebrated holidays on actual holidays because he's at work, but our kids know that, hey, if we don't celebrate Christmas on the 25th, it's okay because we can do it another day. It's not you have to do something on a specific day or you have to do something at a specific time. We just want to be together as a family. If you don't set time aside to do date nights, I mean, for the longest time, our date nights consisted of nachos, nachos, sitting, <laughs> sitting on our couch and Netflix, and our kids would be maybe across the street for a couple hours playing. We would set that time aside where we would just spend time together and not do things apart. You know, we try to go to the gym together just because it's more time that we can spend together versus he goes to the gym and then I go to the gym and then that's, you know, three hours that we're not together. We try our best to do as much as we can together to keep our marriage strong.
0: (laughs) Border patrol wives are a lot like army wives or police wives. There's this really strong network that's more like a family and they do just about anything to support each other.
1: The border patrol wives are, are something I have never met a wife that wouldn't just bend over backwards and help you through any tough time that you're going through, even if you've never met them. Border Patrol wives are so supportive of each other because we know what other wives go through. We know what it's like to have your husband come in at five o'clock in the morning and he's starving and he wants dinner, but you're not even ready to make breakfast. So
2: they have breakfast dinner. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ashley saw firsthand just how supportive Border Patrol wives and Border Patrol families can be. After her son got sick.
1: We've got a little guy. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> um, so we've got a little guy who's had a lot of health problems. And if it wasn't for the Border Patrol and the family that comes along with this community, I don't know where we would be. Because they have been so supportive into making sure that our baby. Has the best life. How have they helped you guys? Well, so when we first had him, we were in Roswell, New Mexico. And when he first started getting sick, we were up at the children's hospital in Albuquerque. Unfortunately, Albuquerque really couldn't help us. So we went to Denver, Colorado. During that time, we were there for two and a half months. And My husband's leave ran out. Either he needed to work or he needed to go back to Artesia, New Mexico, which was about six hours from Denver.
2: 502 miles from (laughs) door to door. Trust me, I did that drive almost there once a week.
1: And people started donating their leave so that way he didn't have to leave us. So that way we could all be together as a family. We had wives sending us meals and they were states away i had never met them before didn't even know who they were and all of a sudden we would have meals show up for us and the kids
2: the law enforcement community especially specifically with uh, within dhs really rallied around us and um it helped us out in ways that you see in movies and stuff and it, it was really quite amazing to see
0: it's time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. One of the things that drives Ashley and Juan absolutely crazy is how Juan's job is portrayed in the media. Breaking right now, an eight-year-old Guatemalan boy has died while in U.S. Customs and Border Custody. Tell us what you know about what happened.
2: Protecting our borders has never been a more important security concern. But the people tasked with doing just that recently coming under fire, accused of using excessive force. A lot of times they paint us with a very broad brush. Oftentimes in law enforcement, mistakes can be made lapse of judgment or whatnot. Unfortunately, when that happens, the media is quick to pick that up. You know, they they exploit it. They try to focus negative news on law enforcement. At least uh, in the last several years, it's been that way. And I think a lot of things that are lost in the media is the fact that that mother, father, sister, brother, law enforcement officer out there who does not know you is always willing to die for you. And I cannot stress how true that is. And if you look at, you know, the Officer Down Memorial page, you can go through there and look at how many officers are killed in the line of duty to protect random strangers. But most importantly, the family that supports them, they're the real heroes. Without our families, you know, we're nothing. And that's what should be covered in the media. Mainstream media has not emphasized that part of it.
0: According to Ashley and Juan, there's a stigma about your husband being a Border Patrol agent. And sometimes Ashley gets really nervous when she has to tell new people what Juan does.
1: All the time, actually. Nowadays, we have to tell our kids not to tell people what he does, which is unfortunate because I feel like the kids... And the wives and the husbands, we're so proud of what our partners do or what our parents do. And sometimes it's hard on the kids because we've had our kids want to dress up for career day and they want to be like dad, but we don't want them to stand out, you know, and be made fun of or bullied or the school say something about what their dad does. I'm so proud of what he does. But I just, I can't scream it from a rooftop because I'm worried about how people will perceive it because they only know what the media tells them. And then you do have people that if you do tell them, they are willing to hear our side of the story. And that's nice because you can tell people and they can judge my husband for who he is, not what he does. I've had people email me and just say nasty things about my husband and I know that they're getting it from the media and I try not to fuel the fire because I can be as nice as I want to be to somebody. And if they have their mind made up, there's nothing that I can say. It's just going to give them more fuel and make them more angry because they don't want to change their mind. We've had people email and threaten our family. I mean, I don't take the threat seriously, but you just never know who to take seriously anymore. So that's why I'm glad Facebook has a (laughs) block.
0: Living in 2019, people who never had opinions about immigrants crossing the border now have a lot of opinions. Doing this job has definitely shaped the way Juan sees the people who come across the border from Mexico into the United States.
2: I come from a Hispanic family. Both my parents were born in Mexico. I actually grew up in Mexico. Having lived down there, Spanish was my first language, lived on the border as a kid, lived on the border as an adult. There's several different elements that are crossing the border, you know, you have the criminal element that is crossing the border to do legitimate harm, they're crossing the border to bring narcotics for profit for larger criminal organizations. You have human smugglers who are bringing people that are unable to defend themselves from these criminal elements, they're exploited, they're hurt along the way. Smugglers are callous people, they don't really care about anybody except the bottom dollar and how much they're going to get paid. And what is the easiest way to do it, the fastest way to do it, and many times the most violent way to do it? Because they rule really with violence. So if you look at the cartels, they don't become that powerful by being nice to people. (laughs) Uh, It just doesn't happen.
0: But one has sympathy for the many migrants who aren't criminals the ones who are crossing the border to try to find a better life for their families.
2: You know, they commit a crime when they when they come across, yes. But in many cases, it's a humanitarian need that is why they're coming across. Is there a proper procedure? Yes. Is it perfect? No. Do we need to fix it? Absolutely. But you have to take a strong stance on that criminal element, on the smugglers, the human smugglers, because they, they don't care about the person that they bring across... I'll give you an example, a real quick story. I was chasing a, a van in a pursuit. And we figured, okay, it's probably a van load of maybe 10 people or so. They're refusing to stop. We got the lights and sirens going, going down this back road. They slow down to about 30 or 40 miles an hour. And they open the back door. And these two men, two grown men, throw a kid out the back of the van right in front of our vehicle. Luckily, we didn't run them over. Kid was a teenager, scared to death. But they do things like that to try to evade arrest, you know. These journeys are are hard, they're long, they're treacherous, they're dangerous, and they put their lives in the hands of criminals. There's a lot of sad, sad stories. And if you ask uh, other agents, they'll tell you. The things that these people go through trying to get across is, is really, really sad.
1: And it's not even just our story. You could talk to any Border Patrol agent that's been doing this for more than a couple months, and they all can tell you stories that would just break your heart. I remember when we first got to South Texas, I remember my husband coming home from a processing center, and he just had tears in his eyes, and I knew that something was wrong, and he said that there was a child about three years old that came across the border alone with just a phone number written on the child's shirt. And it hit so close to home because at the time our daughter was about three years old. And I couldn't imagine sending her across the border with strangers, let alone to a country without me being right next to her. And I was so angry at the parents. I'm like, how do you do that? But then I think about like the desperation of what would make me do that. And I remember looking at him and being like, can we foster? Can we adopt? How do we help? Because the kids are, they're innocent in this. And they're the ones who are being exploited more than people would like to admit. And these kids' lives are changed forever. And unfortunately, I don't think it's changing forever in a positive way. I know that was a huge thing for me as I wanted to, to help the kids.
2: And that's when she started packing teddy bears and all, <laughs> in my lunchbox. I'd open it up and there's all kinds of teddy bears. And I had teddy bears in my truck. And it's a sad, sad case, you know. But if we can make them smile with the simple gift of a teddy bear or a Hot Wheel or something, it makes our day. Especially when you have kids of your own because you can relate to, you know, well, what if that was my kid, you know. We always try to have something in line to make those kids feel better.
1: I always try to make sure that he had like extra snacks just in case he did run into somebody who hadn't eaten in a while. When our kids have grown out of diapers, we've made sure that those go to the station because stations don't typically have diapers. They never needed them on a day-to-day basis. And now little things like that are what they need every day. They need diapers. They need wipes. They need clothes because now you're seeing more families come across. And that's, that's what the media doesn't look into is the fact that I'm pretty sure every agent out there has given their kids toys, their kids' grown-out clothes, food from their own, lunchboxes, to make sure that somebody else is taken care of.
0: Juan is on high alert all day long. That's not easy to turn off when he gets home.
2: Some of the things that we see... I don't want my kids to know what they are. So I simply just don't talk about it. If I were to tell my wife everything that goes on at work, she would be a mess. So part of um, you know having her committed to this is giving her some of the details, but not necessarily. There's a lot of things that she doesn't need to know. To me, it's a, it's a job. It, it has a tragedy. It has good things, bad things. But at the end of the day, for me, that's at work. And uh, I leave it at work. That's really what the type of person that I think is required for this kind of job. And that's also what's needed for your family to be happy and to stick together. Because uh, unfortunately, in our in our line of work, there's a very high divorce rate. But I think if you can leave work at work and concentrate on family, then you'll be fine.
1: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anybody can just do any kind of law enforcement. I'm sure that if it was the other way around and I was an agent and he stayed home, he probably would divorce me pretty quick. No way. (laughs) (laughs) You see not nice things every day. You don't see the beautiful side of the world but you need to stop when you get off of work and see the beautiful side of the world.
2: I think you learn to appreciate what you have when you're faced with hard situations at work and tragedy. And, and you're looking at people that are going through some horrible, horrible things. You really learn to appreciate what you have at home. And it makes you that much stronger.
0: shortage of stories that begin at our southern border. Make sure to listen tomorrow for part two of our season finale. We'll hear from Sarah and Spider. Spider's an illegal immigrant from El Salvador who crossed the southern border 11 years ago. Now he's trying to stay in the United States because he's in love with an American citizen. We followed Sarah and Spider's story through their proposal, wedding planning, and ultimately his detention by ICE. See you tomorrow. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Ashley and Juan Bella. It was produced by Ramsey Yunt and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Klang. Live sound recording by Tom Bernath, with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Tyler Klang, and Julie Douglas. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404 996 one one seven three, or send us an email at joe at podcast dot com. That's j o at podcast dot com. And grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here.